Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing Word from God. God bless you. It's gonna be amazing. Um, I'm excited to bring the Word here tonight. Let me start by reading a quote from one of my favorites, C.S. Lewis, from his iconic volume, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I love this quote. Aslan is a lion. The lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe, but he is good. He's the king, I tell you. I, I love that quote, and I want to talk about the, not, the non-safe lion, but I want to talk about the good lion. I want to talk about the goodness of God. And uh, so tonight on this Thanksgiving Eve, I want to talk about the goodness of God. I, just, I don't always wear a hat that's related to my message title, but I randomly got caught up in a Christian IG thirst trap, a.k.a. Christian merch, and, uh, and next thing you know, I'm buying hats that had more of a hyper-Christian slogan than I thought. I just I was, thought it said God is good. I didn't realize it said all the time. Uh, which feels like early 1990s, you know what I mean? Uh, everyone would always say that, right along with the WWJD bracelets, you know. Uh, but I want to talk about the goodness of God. It's one of my all-time favorite uh, character traits of God, his nature. Good is not something that he does, it's who he is, right? He is good. He is good. He embodies it. He is it. Every part of who he is. John Day, earlier as he was praying, prayed that verse that every good and perfect gift, every good thing comes from above. It comes from him. All goodness flows from God. Everything that was, everything that is, everything that will be good comes from him. He's the author of it. He's the beginning of it. There's nothing good in your life that God did not direct towards you. He's got good for you, amen? So let me talk about this goodness side of things. In Exodus 33, this is a, a, a really interesting narrative between Moses and God because He's, you know, leading the people out. It's a big deal. This is like before effective communication. He's just got like a mob of a million plus people trying to exit slavery and head towards a promised land that they have no idea where it is. But they come to the mountain, right? And there's, there's kind of this, this whole thing. But in the journey along the way, he's talking to God. And in, in Exodus 33, 18, Moses says, now show me your glory. I love that. I love this request by Moses. I love this lean in 
by Moses. God, I want, I want your glory. I want your presence. I want, I want to see you. I want to experience you. I want to know you. I, I, I want to encounter you in a unique way. How many want the glory of God in your life? How many want the goodness of God in your life, right? I want to encounter God. I'm not into religion. I'm not into going through the motions. Man, if this ain't real, if God isn't who he says he is, then let's all go out to dinner. You know what I'm saying? But if God is the God of the Bible, if he did create the heavens and the earth, if he did part that sea, if he did come down and die on a cross and raise from the dead, then I want that God. I want to know that Savior. I want to know that power. Amen? I want to know that glory. And so he says, show me your glory. And then it gets a little interesting in verse 19. And the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness. It's interesting. He wants the glory. God says, you get the goodness. I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. This is pre-Jesus, right? Anyone who sees me is not going to last, right? It's too much glory. It's too perfect. It's too powerful for the human being. Verse 21, then the Lord said, there is a place near where you may stand on the rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face you must not see. Man, I just, I just think this is such a, a beautiful kind of picture into the character of God and who God is. Moses cries out for the glory. I want, I want to experience you, God. I want to know you. I want to see you. And he says, absolutely, I'm going to show you my goodness because God's good. That is, that is his glory. That is part of, yeah, I would say like the goodness of God is almost like the aftershock of who he is, right? Because he's like, hey, I'm gonna pass by and then, then I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you like the, the trailing off. Like you, you're not even ready for the full thing. But he says, I'm gonna show you my goodness. God wants to show you his goodness. Man, you go, man, I need you, God. I need you, God. I want more of you. You're crying out to God. You're praying, you're seeking him. You know what he wants to do tonight? Show you his goodness. He wants to be good to you, Right? He's going to do good things on your behalf. I love how God is. James 1:17 in the Amplified says this, every good thing, every good thing given and every perf every perf I'm just That was an F. I perf I just abbreviating for speed. Cuz this is way faster. Yeah, just slang. I'm up here with a hat on. I'm feeling wild. You know what I mean? Feeling dangerous. I need a quad shot now. Okay. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of heaven, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changing. Come on, every good thing. This is who God is. This is what, what he wants to display to you and me. He's gonna show you his goodness. If you wonder what God wants to show you in this upcoming year, it's his goodness. If, you want, if you're wondering what he wants to do for the rest of 2022, he wants to show you his goodness.
Uh, Psalm 100, sorry, Psalm 31, verse 19. How, um, how abundant are the good things that you have stored up. Man, I love this visual. You've stored up good for those who fear you, that, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. Man, I love that. Man, he's got good stored up. I think on this Thanksgiving Eve, just reminding ourselves to be thankful because God's got good stored up with your name on it. I think sometimes we feel the opposite, don't we? We're like, man, we get in our head. I've done this. I've messed up here. I've screwed up there. I bet God's got anger stored up for me. I bet he's got just, just the worst in mind for me. He's ready to just give it to me. He's holding himself back. He just, he just wants to just let loose his fury on me. But I, I, I believe God has his goodness stored up. He's stockpiling goodness with your name on it. He's got plans. He's got good plans, right, for your life. He's got intentions to bring you good, to bring you favor, not harm, but goodness. Now, is, is, is like, like uh, C.S. Lewis said, is he a safe God? Is he, is he some sort of just a nice, you know, sunshine and rainbows and he's never in your face and never calling down fire and never engaging in battle? Absolutely not. There's nothing safe about the God that we serve, but he is good. He is full of goodness. He has good plans for you and who he is is good. So that even if he has to correct you, it's with your good in mind. There is no circumstance ever happening to you that God is not working actively for your good, right? That's how God is. It's for your good. I love that. I love that. Even in tragedy, God works goodness. Even out of pain, God works favor. God works blessing. God works and shows us his goodness. God, we need your glory. And I know, God, you want to show us your goodness here tonight. I'm so thankful for the goodness of God. You know, God, God always shows up to bring the right people in the right circumstance. You know, uh, Greg, uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, he was sharing a God story on Tuesday, you know, about... Um, how one of the, his posts, one of his just, you know, on social media about church or faith, Jesus, something he's, he's, as his life has been transformed and he's sharing something that some friend from back in the day that was going through a difficult time and it got to the point of suicide, literally had a gun in his mouth and was scrolling the internet, comes across his post about God and pointing him back to the truth. And in that moment, everything began to shift and God's got this guy on a journey now of healing and health and wholeness. God's always looking to show you his goodness. God's always looking to interrupt things with his favor. He wants to do good to you, for you, and through you, amen? Everything good comes from God. I, which is why that's Satan's number one focus is to get you off of the goodness of God, right? Genesis 3, verse 1, uh, we've, we've heard this a lot. We teach out of the beginning of the book a lot because so much 
is established in the beginning, right? Pastor Jurgen oftentimes, he'll, he'll joke about his Bible reading plan. He goes, man, when I was younger, I was not great at consistently reading through, but I definitely made it through Genesis every year, you know? And so he goes, he preaches a lot out of Genesis, you know? Uh, but the truth is, so much is established in these first few chapters of the book of Genesis that we build the rest of the Bible off of and that we build our lives off of. Genesis um, 3 verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say? You must not eat from any tree in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat from the fruit, um, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Verse four, you will not certainly die. The, The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. So I've said it many times, but the truth is, this is the same thing the enemy has did in day one, and it's the same thing he's trying to do right now. He's trying to get you and me to doubt the goodness of God, to doubt the plan of God, to doubt the purposes of God for our life. He's trying to get you to believe that God has something better that he has just decided to hold out on you for. He's withholding his goodness. He's withholding from you. He's not giving you something that he just knows would be better, but he's just a a cosmic killjoy. And so he's holding out on you. And that's what the enemy is gonna constantly try to get you and me to doubt. In every situation that comes at us, he's gonna try to whisper into your ear, man, see, I told you God wasn't good. And when, when God's word says, don't do something, and you're like, yeah, but it seems better to do that sin, even though God's word says not to, and it just feels like, man, I just feel like God doesn't want me to have goodness. I just feel like God wants to hold out on me, but nothing in God's word is for the sake of holding out on you or, or depriving you, but only showing you his goodness, showing you his his blessing. So this is a constant thing that the enemy is going to try to, to, to get you and me to second guess the goodness of God. And how does he do it? You know, how, how, do, how do we go from believing and trusting and having our hopes high and having our anticipation high and our thankfulness high on, on the goodness of God to then abandoning that, doubting it, questioning it? It kind of reminds me of of Peter when he's, you know, doing the miraculous water walking moment, right? Where he says to Jesus for no apparent reason, hey, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water, which is just funny. It's an unnecessary move, but he just is like, this, this could be interesting. So let's try it, you know? And Jesus is like, this is going to be funny. Yes, you should definitely come out on this water. Uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't initiate it. Jesus is not attempting to initiate this moment, uh, which, which just kind of goes to show your faith can activate the supernatural uh, in a way that is unusual, right? But, but Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come, and Jesus says, come, that's it. 
just one simple command. But Peter steps out on that word from God. He steps out and does the supernatural. I mean, he's walking on water. Only two people on earth have ever done that. It's Jesus and Peter, right? And Peter is walking on the water. It's powerful. It's unbelievable. But then he did what the enemy tries to get you and me to do, and that is to get our eyes off of Jesus, right? Get our eyes on the wind and the waves. And it says that when he looked and began to see the wind and the waves, he began to sink, right? And in the same way for you and me, when we're going through life and we're coming against different circumstances and situations, what the enemy is gonna try to do is to get you and me to get our eyes off of the goodness of God and onto the difficulty of the circumstances that are around us. You know, things that he'll throw at us are things like pain, literal pain, physical pain, you know, uh, difficulty that we're facing. There's something about pain that just has a fatiguing ability, a, a frustrating, overwhelming, and pain can get us distracted from the goodness of God. Loss can do that. Losing a loved one, right? Uh, you know, whether it's from natural causes or, 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 or whatever the circumstances might have been that have led to, to the loss, that, that pain of loss, the pain of distance, the pain, whether again, whether it's a miscarriage or whether it's you know, a grandparent or a parent who's 95 years old, loss has a, has a way of, of the enemy trying to use it to distract us, uh, get us off the goodness of God. Difficulty, challenges, right? Economic, you know, the last, you know, a couple years of, of living have been interesting, right? They have been special. They have been difficult, right? And, and we've all experienced the last era a little differently, just depending on, you know, what industry maybe you're in. But for most everybody, there's been some level of difficulty, some challenge, some adversity that we've had to overcome, something that we've faced. And that can be one of those things that gets us distracted, gets us in our pain, gets us off the goodness of God, missing out. How about delays? Delays is another thing. The enemy's gonna try to, you know, delay the call, delay the purpose, bring a resistance against what you're attempting to do because that delay can get you to start questioning whether God is good or not, right? Man, God, you promised, and where is it, and what, what's going on, and why hasn't it come yet? That delay, shoot, delays, nobody likes it. Nobody likes delays. I've learned to embrace it, but I don't like it. I want to pray. I want everything 10 seconds after the prayer at most. That's a maximum, okay? That's my instinctive desire, but there's delays. And, and there's, and you know, even Jesus delayed a miracle uh, with Lazarus. They're like, hey, your friend is sick. He's like, cool, cool. Uh, I got to finish up some stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll check on that later. He dies. Can you imagine that? If you're a friend of Jesus, you're like, my God, you got one job. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're the miracle guy. You know, like, this is what you do. And he delays, you know? And it can get us distracted and, and forgetting his goodness. 
Offenses. Ooh, that's a tough one. Offenses. They get us distracted. They get us forgetting, losing sight of, you know, hurts and offenses, especially in this holiday season. Some of you guys are about to enter a special time tomorrow uh, where all the people that are offended at each other are going to come together for dinner. (laughs) And it's going to be fun. You know what I mean? It's going to be a great time. And, uh, but we know that those offenses can get us distracted, right? They can get us uh, in anger. They can get us bitter. They can get us losing sight of the actual good. That go, you know, yeah, so somebody wronged you. Somebody hurt you. Somebody offended you. But God is good. And God is faithful right? And God's never going to leave you. Man, I know that person left you. I know that person said this to you. I know they did this to you, but God is good. I remember uh, hearing a story of Martin Luther, the great reformer. Uh, He was walking around depressed looking or sad, and his wife said, hey, did I miss something? Is Jesus still dead? No, he rose. Well, then why are you whining? It's a good point. You need a good wife sometimes, yeah? Yeah, all the time, not just sometimes. Yeah, well done, well done. You need a good wife all the time. I got a good wife. I got a great wife all the time. This, God is good all the time. I was, uh, red or shine, come on, blaze, let's go. Uh, um, I'm, I'm going to get, my other hat is my wife is good all the time. You know what I mean? That's, actually, my dad, my, my dad's a construction uh, worker and has owned his own company for a long time. On the back of bumper of his trucks, he has these two decals that he's created. One says, I love Jesus, and the other says, I love my wife. That is literally what my dad has on the back of his truck. So, He's a legend. He's a legend. Who else does that on their construction truck? I heart Jesus. Well, not me. Okay, we're putting that on the car tonight. Okay. Katie, Katie loves bumper stickers. She loves them. She's a big fan. So we're going to just mess up our vehicle uh, with some sick bumper stickers. It's going to be cool. Um, I'll probably get a photo of my wife. You know what I mean? Just... I love Katie, just on the back of the car. This is going to be magical. This is, it's what the people want. You know what I mean? It's what my wife wants. She definitely wants it. Yeah. All right, moving on. All right, they're going to send up the keys early if I don't get back on track. Um, think about Joseph. Joseph had to stay the course through difficulty, had this incredible dream, incredible purpose, and then delay after delay, after difficulty, after sabotage, after pain, after literally being sold into slavery by his brothers, not a good day, you know what I mean? And, and he has to maintain his focus on the goodness of God. The character of God is the only thing that could have maintained his ability to stay a pure in heart through to that victory story. 
because, you know, we read that thing through really quick and we're just like, oh, that's so cool. Like he loved his brothers at the end. You're like, man, we get like one wrong look from a family member and we're ready to crucify him. You know what I mean? Like this dude got sold, thrown into a pit and years later, he's able to love them and forgive them and provide for them. So that only happens when God does work in the heart. That's the only way. And Joseph had to maintain, hey, listen, I know I've been wronged here. I know people didn't really treat me well. I know I've been abused and used and whatnot, but I know God is the God of heaven and earth. And he gave a promise to me and I'm not gonna let it go, right? So it's the same thing with Caleb. Pastor Leanne preached a message recently on, on Caleb that I love. And, but 45 years later, he's still ready for his mountain. Like we, we cruise over that in a quick read through chapter. 45 years of not getting what God had promised him. That takes some resolve. That takes some intentionality to stay focused on the God who gave the promise. When, when, when we lose sight of the dream, it's usually not the dream, it's that we have forgotten how good God is, how powerful he is, and his intention to show you his goodness, right? So when I start doubting about the dream, it's more that I have stopped believing in the dream giver and his goodness and his intention for good. God gave you a dream and you have to maintain that. I remember when, uh, when Katie and I, a little over seven years ago now, made the move uh, down here to San Diego from Seattle. And we had been praying and God was just, he orchestrated just this unbelievable spread of prophetic confirmations, knowing like this was it, this was God, this was his plan, this is his intention, like we are supposed to make this move down here and begin serving here and living here and being a part of uh, the Awakened family. And when we first came down, I've told the story different times, but when we first made the move down, uh, the, man, that first year especially was like, oh my goodness, I don't think we're gonna make it. I don't think we're gonna be able to, to pay the bills. I don't think we're gonna be able to, uh, to put this all together. Fridge is getting empty, difficulties coming. And when we were at kind of the, the lowest part of that season, I remember having to fight to keep our eyes off of the wind and the waves, right? It is a fight, I, you know, to keep my eyes back on the goodness of God. And there was a particular evening where it, Katie, you know, had just gotten back into real estate down in San Diego. She'd been doing real estate in Seattle and had to go through all the licensing again, which she still doesn't let me down. She had to go through two state licensing in the matter of less than 12 months, which is not fun. And, uh, but we're down here again. She's trying to build real estate a bit. And that night, you know, the fridge is getting pretty empty. And she had a couple potential deals on the line that she just found out had fallen through. Right, and it was just, it was a gut punch. It was, it was difficult. There was a lot of uncertainty with it. And we're just in the kitchen and just trying to keep it together, trying to stay, you know, in faith. And I remember, you know, I, I think in that era, we both would like take turns trying to keep each other encouraged, right? Like, all right, we got this, babe. And I'd be like, no, we don't. And then she'd be like, we don't got it. I'd be like, yes, we do, you know. And you're, you're kind of helping each other stay in faith and stay in the fight. 
So it was my turn to be the, we got this guy, you know? And so I was like, what I began to do was recount all the prophetic words that we had give, been given over this last year at that time uh, that, that we knew we were supposed to be down here. And I'd be like, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know why this difficulty is in our face, but I know and we know that this is what God has said. We know God told us. We know God sent us. We know that we know that we know this is the spot. So I was like, come on, God didn't bring us down here to kill us. God didn't bring us down here to leave us. Come on, God's got something good for us. Why? Because we know the nature of God, the character of God. He is good. He's a good God. So I maintained and we fought for that moment. And on that night, it was pretty funny because I was like, all right, babe, let's pray. And it was just, just one of the toughest prayers ever because of the intensity of the weight of the moment. But then my daughter, eldest daughter, who has never done this before or after, uh, we're praying and all of a sudden she comes running out of her bedroom because I just put them down for a nap and nothing really cool and spiritual is about to happen. I, I was thinking like, people were like, wow, she came out, she had a prophetic word. No, she did not. She came out of the bedroom and just smacked me in the butt as hard as she could. I'm like, we're like praying. We're like trying to hold on for dear life. Like just trying to, just trying to keep a hope and a prayer. And God's like, let's level this up a little bit. This is gonna be, this is gonna be fun. I almost said, get behind me, Satan. Cause I was like, you do not know what spirit you're of. Come on somebody. But, but I did not. So don't call CPS. And I just said, get in bed. And I ended the prayer very poorly with the sign of the cross for no reason whatsoever. And uh, we went to bed and the next morning I woke up and as I left to go out, because at that time, again, the plans that we had were not working out the way we thought. So it was like, well, better make some money. So I was Uber driving. And so I was going out super early to get a start on the day. And as I went out, I opened up the door and there was just absolutely stacks on stacks of delivered groceries to our front door. Because the night before I said, man, if God can feed the, the prophet in the wilderness through a bird, he can send food to our doorstep if he wants to. And by God's grace, the next morning, there was stacks on stacks, hundreds and hundreds of dollars of groceries. God reminding us he's good, he's for us. Is in those moments where you have to fight to maintain eyes on the goodness of God. It's actually literally as I'm preaching this right now that I'm kind of feeling this revelation that it's less about white knuckling faith for the thing that you're believing for and more about fixing my eyes on the one who gave me the promise. That's really where the fight is. And not just eyes on him, but eyes on your heavenly father with the eyes of, you're good, you're faithful. Come on, you've been faithful. Your word says that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm telling you what, God wants to show you his goodness. He wants to minister his life to you. You know, we, a lot of times when we lose sight of his goodness, we, we lose hope. When you lose hope, you lose faith. 
It's hard to have faith if you have no hope. So that's one of the reasons why I wrote this little 52 Bible verses on hope, right? It's available on Amazon if you wanna be encouraged and build your life on that, right? I want every day of my life to focus on the goodness of God, to build hope, to build strength, to build life. I don't wanna keep focusing on the negative. I wanna keep my eyes back on Jesus and what he's done. Once you stand with me to your feet, He's good. He's faithful. He's a good God. I feel like there's so many different ways I could potentially go with a, a response to a moment like this, but I feel like all of us have, if there's something that has gotten your eyes off of His goodness, I'm pretty sure God's already been speaking to you about it. So I don't even really have to call it out. But I do want to pray over everybody in just a moment related to this message. But before I do that, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, what a, what a great night to potentially make this the night that you give your life to Jesus. You might be like, man, I, I don't know. I'm, but I, I'm telling you what, if you're away from him and you've wondered, is he good? Does he, does he have good in mind for me? Is he, you know, man, I, I, I shouldn't have even come in here with all the you know junk in my life and people really knew. Well, guess what? Jesus does know what's in your life, all the good and all the ugly, and he still loves you, right? And tonight, he's still calling you close. He's calling you home. If you ever remind, heard the story of the prodigal son, it's a story of a dad who's got a couple sons. One of them gets disgruntled for whatever reason, decides, I'm out. He bolts, he runs, he screws up his life, and when he's at his wit's end, he finally decides, man, what am I doing? I'm gonna go back home to my dad. You know what? That is the, one of the best pictures in the Bible of what this moment is. Repenting is really just coming home to your father, coming back to him, returning from the pigsty, and coming home to the goodness of God and how much he loves you. So with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, on the count of three, if you say, Samuel, pray with me. I'm away from my father. I'm away, I'm disconnected. And I want a relationship with him. Through Jesus, you can come home to the father tonight. You can have a close relationship with him. He'll forgive your sin. He'll remove the, the, the junk that's been separating you from him. And he is gonna make you clean. The Bible says he'll make you white as snow. He's gonna purify all that stuff. And he is gonna bring you close to your father again. On the count of three, if you say, I'm away from God, I need, I need to get my life right with Him. Maybe for the very first time, maybe you've never yet made the decision to follow Jesus, tonight's your night. Or maybe you've done that in the past, but if you're honest, you're away from God, you're disconnected, you've been running, but you know it's time to stop running away, and time to start running back home to your Father. On the count of three, if that's you, let me pray with you. One, two, three, lift up your hand, let me know where I'm praying with around the room, great, awesome. Anybody else just say, that's me. Awesome, great, great, see your hands, see your hands. Anybody else? Say, that's me, great, good, awesome. Anybody else? I don't wanna miss anybody. Great, awesome, great, see your hands. So good, amazing, amazing. One more moment, one more moment. I don't want, I wanna make sure that everybody gets a chance to get in on praying this prayer, the most important prayer of your life. Great. Good. I was waiting for you. 
Here's what we're gonna do. The whole church family, we're gonna pray this prayer along with you. But if you just raise your hand, I want you to repeat this after me. This is a simple prayer of saying, Jesus, you're the leader and the Lord of my life. And he's gonna save you, heal you, forgive you, make you clean. And then your whole church family, we're gonna pray along with you in agreement with you. But I want you to pray knowing God hears you right now. He's responding to you right now. So everyone say this, say Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin and raising him from the dead to give me life. Today, I turn from my sin and follow Jesus with all my heart for the rest of my life. Jesus, fill me up. Fill me up with your Holy Spirit. I live for you from this moment on. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, let's give it up for those who made that decision. I want to pray one more thing before we head out here tonight, but I, I want to just make sure to give some instructions. If you just raise your hand, my friend John down here to the left, you're right, has got a Bible, which I was just reading out of, and a book called Following Jesus that I wrote just to help you with your next steps in your relationship with Jesus. How to pray. What is water baptism? What about the Holy Spirit? Why the church? Just the basics so that you can have an incredible relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Now lift up your hands one more time. Let me pray over you. Actually, just as a, a sign, if you feel like this message was for you tonight, there's an area of maybe distraction or discouragement or pain, like something has been kind of pulling your heart off, off attention of the goodness of God, just wait, lift up your hands. Yeah, good, good. What I want you to do right now is just receive right now, receive the goodness of God. He loves you. Come on, I'm here tonight on assignment to just point you back to the goodness of God. That's it. That's what I'm here tonight to do. I'm here to remind you he's good. I'm here to remind you he's good on his word. I'm here to remind you he's faithful. I'm here to remind you that his word stands forever and that he is faithful forever. He is never gonna leave you. He will never abandon you. He will never discard you. He will never push you away. He brings you close. He invites you into relationship. He loves you so much. Father, I thank you for your goodness. And right now, we just recenter our, our eyes on you. We refix our attention on you. God, we love you. God, let us in these next few moments, even tonight, tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day, let it be a day of praise. Let it be a day of honor. Let it be a day of celebration, of reminding ourselves to take a moment tomorrow morning, sometime in the, in the day before all the busyness gets started to just fix our eyes on your goodness. God, you have been good. Father, I pray that you'd show your goodness to your people tonight, the rest of this year and into the new year. God, I thank you that you are for us and not against us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.